Welcome to Coming Out Evil. I'm Harley Honey. And I'm Mick Sedusa. Join our descent into villainy. Once upon a time, there was a lovely princess, but she had an enchantment upon her of a fearful sort, which could only be broken by love's first kiss. She was locked away in a castle guarded by a terrible fire-breathing dragon. Many brave knights had attempted to free her from this dreadful prison, but none prevailed. She waited in the dragon's keep in the highest room of the tallest tower for her true love and true love's first kiss. Like that's ever gonna happen. <laughs> what a load of shit. Somebody once told me. Harley and Mixedusa recite Shrek word for word. <laughs> okay. So in case you are an alien from outer space and you manage to have never heard of Shrek, I'm going to tell you what it is. So Shrek is a 2001 American computer animated comedy. It's loosely based on a picture book that was published in 1990 by a guy named William Steig. The rights were purchased in 1991 and Steven Spielberg wanted originally to produce like a traditionally animated film but then was convinced to bring the project to DreamWorks and so that's how it wound up being like a CGI, mm. like a fully computer animated film instead of something traditional. And that really made a big wave in the fields of animation, even though they weren't actually the first fully computer animated feature film. A lot of people think that, including me like yesterday, but that was actually Toy Story, fun fact. But yeah, they still did a lot of things for the first time, like making models for non-human creatures, like they had to do ogres, dragons. They also had to do a really unique technique with the fire. So the movie came out in 2001 and it grossed over $487 million worldwide and was the fourth highest grossing film in 2001. Damn! Yeah. That's awesome. So let's get into it. Let's get into the meat and bones. Sure, excellent. <laughs> get out of Waited here. all day for leave, that. Sure, excellent. <laughs> yeah, so what we've done thus far is we have watched mm -hmm. together Shrek. Yes. We've watched Shrek the Musical. We have watched all of the Shrek bonus content, mm -hmm. and we have reviewed the original 1990 novel. The book, yes. yes. <laughs> the book is <laughs> something else. If the movie's chaotic, I don't even know what to call the book. Like, yeah. it's next level. So actually, I was about to jump the gun for a fact on the book, mm. but I'll wait until we're in that section. Stay so. tuned. <laughs> so we're just gonna move chronologically, okay? The first thing we did was we watched Shrek. Yes. Yes. So the movie starts with Shrek mocking fairy tales, right? He reads what we read at the beginning of this and he goes, what a load of shit. Right. <laughs> in their PG friendly way, of course. <laughs> yeah, in their PG friendly way with a little toilet flush. And so we already in the first few moments of this film hit on the thesis of this podcast a little bit because he's the protagonist, but he's not a hero. Right. At least not yet. Yes. Yeah. So then we get the scene where he is being pursued by the angry mob. Yeah. 
for seemingly no reason. For nothing. Yeah. And that's what's wild. He's literally, all of this vilification is just him being uglified, yeah. right? Which is the process of not only naming something ugly, but attributing values to it, right? Yeah. So he literally doesn't do anything to these people and he's already set up like our villain, essentially. Yeah, I think the worst thing he does is like roar at them. Like he doesn't bother them. Right. And he literally gives them a chance. He's like, this is where you run away, actually. Like, I'm doing yeah. you a favor, so... And it's amazing because he revels in it, right? At first, he's having fun, or at least is convincing himself that he is. coping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's reveling in it. And so he says, this is the part where you run away, and, like, that's supposed to be scary, but like you said, it really is him being like... You're welcome. Yeah, like, you are free to go now. He did not have to do that. So I think that's really interesting that a character that is vilified doesn't necessarily have core values you know yeah that's true and so often in movies like superhero movies a villain has poor values that's why they're a villain but in shrek the character that is vilified though he's the protagonist like has i don't know a realistic mixture of moral Mm. qualities you know but he's a good guy in general yeah just the way we're jumping in already and like we've learned so much about this character and how much it's about to change the game right like it's interesting so they really were on their show don't tell shit very making shrek what happens next Ooh, okay so we weren't actually sure how to interpret this scene when we watched it i remember at first oh yeah so (laughs) the fairy tale creatures to set the scene are all there lined up right they're chained right to each other and also handcuffed and they're singing a song all together in a minor key yes like it's it's dark (laughs) yeah and there's cages yeah there are cages there are families being separated and at first i was like is this giving like slave action but then remember then one of the knights says to shrek by the order of lord farquaad i am authorized to place you both under arrest and transport you to a designated resettlement facility so it's giving internment camp yeah it's giving reservation yeah it's it's not good what it's giving it definitely makes me feel a little less silly because as a kid i connected a lot to shrek as a racial allegory for myself personally and like they did do it a little bit on purpose yeah because those are not all coincidences and it wasn't a joke either like there were no punchlines in that scene it was just meant to be sad it was just sad it introduces donkey and then they just kind of like never really come back to the heaviness of that scene like yeah that's just it except for mama bear to reappear later oh child if y'all want to tell them have you all ever noticed that so there's this original scene right where they're collecting the fairy tale creatures selling them auctioning internment camp vibes and you have mama bear and papa bear in one cage and baby bear in another and they're all upset and they're crying and then when they get resettled to shrek swamp there's papa bear and baby bear and they're crying but there is no mama bear and somebody would be like there were three bears there where'd she go and then later when lord Farquaad is very obviously masturbating to fiona as we learned yeah. um yeah like <laughs> when he's just in bed having the mirror like replay the footage of fiona and the mirror like winces go back and watch you'll you'll see it there's a little bump too um but i digress anyway <laughs> we go back and they're panning the room and you'll notice lord farquaad has a new rug and if you don't believe me you can go watch and it is very clear who that new rug is so you're welcome yeah i don't know where to trail off from that you're welcome just... and also we're sorry you're welcome and i'm sorry <laughs> 
You're sorry. No, wait. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. But yeah, all this to say is that some very purposeful parallels were made yeah. here. Some very intentional ones. And the fact that gnomes are all singing and then the knight literally says a designated resettlement facility. And the fact none of this is in the book, which I don't think people realize. I don't even think people realize there was a book. Mm -hmm. And two, that the book is just goofy chaos. Yeah. None of this is in there. So every choice this movie makes was for this movie. Like, this was all very intentionally done. Yeah. He actually meets Donkey in that scene. Mm -hmm. So there is that auction situation right. with all the fairy tale creatures gathered. We see there's clearly something going on. And that's when we're introduced to the fact that Donkey can talk, right? Mm -hmm. Some lady's trying to give him away and the knight's like, prove it, prove that he can talk. And then he refuses, you know? And some other stuff happens. He has to run away. Yeah. And Shrek protects him. And that's yeah. how they connect. Yeah. And so... I think that Donkey, as a character, also is villainized in a way, but differently. Oh. Because the traits that other him are, like, people judge him because they see a lack of intelligence, right? That's they they true. see someone who's annoying, right? They see someone who doesn't understand social cues. Yeah. And so in those ways, Donkey is also, like, a protagonist who's not your typical protagonist. You know, he's not, like, the super smart, shining steed. Right. Like, he's a silly little That's guy. That's true. And they really hit someone. He's like, and you're noble steed. And he's like, it's the first time somebody's called me a steed. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Damn, he really does get, like, uglified, vilified, like, all of that mm -hmm. right from the beginning. That's why it's so impactful, you know, when he finally stands up for yeah. himself. Because it's his perception doesn't match like his reality you know mm. he's actually a, a deeply thoughtful and loving character yeah. who's just really prejudged and i think that's why shrek warms up to him because Fair. he sees that like similarity in him very true yeah and i think that connection that they make also the fact that like i think that shrek recognizes this is someone who's also being ostracized because he's running away and so like i think that that is like the very beginning of their bonding. oh wow i never clocked that yeah that's so wild things we like watch as kids and then just never reconsider, right? Like we watched this movie with a critical eye mm -hmm. and I just would have never caught that parallel that they both were running away from mobs at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Wow. That's how we meet them both in a way and that's how they connect to each other. Aww. So yeah, Shrek protects Donkey and also the fact that Donkey is not scared of Shrek. True. Shrek has not had that experience. We see throughout the whole movie and even at that point in the movie thus far, we've seen everyone be afraid of him. And so I think also the bonding happened because Donkey was just unfazed. So at some point Shrek literally says, why don't you go celebrate your freedom with your own friends? And Donkey says, I don't have any friends. I'm all alone. There's no one here besides, <laughs> besides me. me. But you, you gotta, gotta have friends. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's lonely, little fella. Yeah. And so the fact that Shrek literally makes an attempt to scare Donkey, like literally tries to push Donkey away, is trying to push Donkey away the whole movie because that's all he knows how to do. True. BPD girlies. And it, it don't work. <laughs> it don't work. Donkey simply does not care. Donkey's like, you need a tic tac. Let's go. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So a question that I have under here is what does this say about how to accept or support a perpetually villainized person? Dun -dun. <laughs> I didn't realize you were going to attack me this episode. Dun -dun. <laughs> oh, 
Whoa. I guess it's... It really just comes down to consistency. Like, Donkey never switches up. He never becomes scared. From day one, he's like, this is what I'm about. And he just has to constantly keep proving it. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, the minute you prove that you're not about that life, then you've proved that they were right to not trust you. They were right that everybody's gonna just do the same thing eventually. But you just consistently have to show up. And just be you and do it in a way that's sustainable so you can keep showing up in that way, right? Wow, yeah. What a heavy question. Yeah, and also just being honest right like it's a throwaway line shrek literally just fully insults donkey like calls him annoying or something and donkey goes only a true friend would be that coolly honest yeah so it's like they hit on the radical honesty of a villainized person because people with traits like that get ostracized very true and donkey is a really honest person and we make jokes about how like shrek has bpd but like right. <laughs> the facts that someone with bpd like from a clinical perspective right like a lot of the times that's from abandonment trauma and yes the way that you support someone with BPD and I'm being specific here please do not try to generalize this advice to people with other disorders but with BPD specifically the coping is to keep them from pushing away that it like you prove that you are going to be here you know and that consistency of communication and supporting someone with BPD is essentially just proving that you're not going to to abandon them giving them ample evidence that you're not going to abandon them like that's how you do that so i don't know it's really interesting that they probably did that accidentally but it does feel like a good realistic manner in which someone with abandonment trauma would manage to make a friend yeah that is very true and uh yeah the person behind Mixedusa is feeling very personally attacked <laughs> right now, but that's fine. It's fine. We don't have to think about it. We, can, we just keep it pushing. No, it's okay. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So that's our initial thoughts on Donkey, right? So they meet, they connect. Then they both head back to the swamp. When they get back to his swamp, they find a bunch of strangers all around. Not ideal. Literally, he's like, what are you doing in my swamp? We're all familiar with that famous line. His primary desire is just alone time, right? It's not like he's upset. Like, I feel like the vilification that is coming from outside in the Shrek universe Mm -hmm. is people assuming that he's going to take pleasure in hurting them. But that's not what he's about. He just wants to be alone. Literally, I was about to ask if Shrek is a Taurus, but the movie literally came out May 18th, so... There you go. That's kind of hilarious. That's canon. (laughs) Also, the bonus features where they kind of interview the characters and the characters act like they're actors who played themselves. (laughs) He is kind of giving Taurus. (laughs) Believable. Yup. Yeah. Okay, yes. So he finds these strangers. They explain why they're there. They say Lord Farquaad has sent them away. They say he huffed and he puffed and he signed an eviction notice. And I think that that's funny because even these typical fairy tale protagonists are like positioned as disliking landlords. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. Fuck landlords. Truly. But yeah, so they're all figuring out how to fix it. They're trying to deal with this problem. And I think that the way that he decides that he's going to go out on an adventure and try and confront Lord Farquaad, I think is a really good example of how villainy is radical self-centeredness is radical community care because their needs are aligned right yeah it's like i'm gonna get you your home back and then i'm gonna get my home back exactly and i'm gonna knock it out two birds on stone Mm -hmm. yeah 
That's wild. Because his reasoning was entirely for him, right? Which, I mean, another word for that would be selfish, mm-hmm. right? But it also, he was like, if that gets you all where you need to go, great. Yeah. Yeah, Shrek is not a villain because his motivations are selfish, but that's not a bad thing. Right. He just wants to be left alone with his little eyeball margarita. Like, exactly. Let a bitch Liz. Yeah. So he says he's going to get them all out of here. And he says that literally angrily, but everybody cheers because their needs are aligned. That's all that matters. <laughs> Big move. I feel like that was me when I was fundraising for people. Like, we're going to get you the money. <laughs> They're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> no, that's so real. Then the audience is introduced to Lord Farquaad. <laughs> he's, a, he's a short little guy. So Farquaad is the antagonist. He's also a foil. He's traditionally, like, you know, because he's the king, and normally that's a hero in a fairy tale. Blowing my mind right now. <laughs> Just, like, this feels so obvious when you say it, but I'm like, whoa! <laughs> True! <laughs> yeah, researching Harley is always happy to surprise you. <laughs> but yeah, so he's a hero, but he's an antagonist, so he's like a hero in a bad way. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm gonna save this princess, but also I'm not gonna do it, I'm gonna make someone else do it and it's also to save her so he can become king his motivation is entirely selfish in a way that's actually hurting people like yeah Yeah, exactly he wants power over community like he doesn't want to be integrated into one right so ooh, then he i just realized it would sound like that i was excited by the fact that he tortured the gingerbread man oh no because i was about to be like ooh, and then he tortures the gingerbread man but it's such a good scene (laughs) but it's a funny scene right because you know not my butt he's not the gumdrop buttons (laughs) but yeah so then we see him literally torture a character yeah And he's a a cookie, but he's like, he's torturing the cookie. He was like sentient. Like, however you dice it. He's got his little legs. He's like, like, that's horrible. And then later in the movie. (laughs) Later in the movie, he has, he's literally like permanently disabled. He has to use a cane, right? Because his leg is gone. Oh, no, that's true. (laughs) That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, So we learn very quickly Lord Farquaad's like, not ridiculous. Like, yeah. that's just a wrap. There's no redemption arc here for this guy. Yeah. Then the Bachelorette game happens. What a trip. Yeah. Yeah, so he's being presented these women. And it's not like the Bachelorette, right? Like, there's no agency here. It's literally just they're being presented on a screen as a static image. And they're, like, judging the qualities of their mental health, their appearances. She lives with seven men, but she's not easy. Like, it's literally as objectified as they could make the scene, right? And then he chooses Fiona. I think we're just supposed to believe she's got a certain je ne sais quoi. The fact that she's being guarded by a dragon sets her apart, kind of, compared to the other ones. You know what? It's probably there's a conquering element to it. Mm. He, The other two, they're like ready to be delivered, mm. right? But Fiona, he's like, ah, I conquered her, or I had someone conquer her on my behalf, and then I became king, and like it's epic tale that he can tell, so. I can see that. Yeah, so that's just a journey. Especially since they keep implying that he has a small dick. That's true. <laughs> the fact true. that, and it's not wrong to have a small dick. It's okay to have a small dick. It's the fact that he cares so much clearly about it. Right. And just overcompensating with everything. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, he plays a bachelorette game. And I also feel like some element of it is that, like, it's not like this guy can get girls himself. 
Right. Oh, he also, they threatened the mirror. The mirror was like, oh, you're not a king yet, though. Yeah. And then he had the guard, like, punch a mirror. Yeah. And so he's like, this man's just everywhere he can. He's just horrible. Yeah. Like, that's that's when he goes, oh, let me correct myself. You know, you're not a yeah. king yet. Right. But you can become one. Right. And then he makes up this whole game to, like, soothe his ego to be like, here's how you do it. Don't yeah. freak me. Thanks. Like. Yeah. So that happens. Then we see him announcing the tournament after he picks Fiona, he does a tournament to see who's going to go save her. And it's like a bunch of knights competing. Mm-hmm. And he literally says, some of you may die, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Oh, buddy. This is America. <laughs> like, just look at it, like... <laughs> yeah. Oh. And Shrek and Donkey are totally going to crash it. We know that. Right, and, right. You know, we get the iconic bad reputation scene. But first, Shrek and Donkey arrive at Duloc. <laughs> Welcome to Dialog, such a perfect time. Here we have some rules, let us lay them down. Yes. <laughs> but the very first thing that happens there is an attendant runs away from him. True. Knocks down all the line stuff and shit, just fleeing. So, love that. But Shrek literally just says, hey you. That's literally all he says. And the attendant flees in fear. And I think that scene is also one of the reasons why I kind of interpreted the movie as a racial allegory when I was young. Because, like, that whole someone being scared of you for no reason just because they laid eyes on you. Right. Feels, you know, like a lot of experiences I've had. Then, yeah, the tournament scene. It's so great because you pointed out too that the audience were slowly like warming up to Shrek. I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, as he was knocking people out, like left and right. And he did so easily. And he's like, mm-hmm. literally, I don't care what's going on here. I'm going to whoop their ass and I'm going to say what I need to say. Right? He doesn't like, he did not come for this. And he still just dominated. Like, yeah, he was um, ready. He really was. All this just to say what he needed to say to get his home back. Oh. <laughs> and I feel like it also speaks to how used to being vilified he must be at that point because he was unfazed by that they were actively booing him at first. True. And that would bother most people. There was also the point too where whenever they first come up to Lord Farquaad he's like, oh, what is that hideous thing? And Shrek's like, that's just a donkey. Purr. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, so good. And the whole like theme with the music, how we yeah. get bad reputation during that scene, and that just hits our thesis on the head. Perfectly. I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. That is literally the entire thesis of our podcast. Yeah. Literally, Shrek, it's known for being one of the most well-composed, intentional soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Like, using songs that already exist, like, unmatched in most regards. Yeah, it was a really powerful use of pop music. That's hard. Yeah. Then they leave Dula. Shrek addresses ogre stereotypes, right? Okay. That's how I decided to write it in my notes. But Donkey's annoying him as they're walking through Mm -hmm. the field and is asking a bunch of questions about ogres. And finally, he's like, all right. And he picks up an onion and he says the iconic line, ogres "Ogres are are like like onions. onions. (laughs) And then Donkey says, you know, not everyone likes onions. And he says, I don't care what people like. Which is one of your flows is I don't care. Yeah. He said that a lot in that movie. Yep. I love I don't care. It's so good. (laughs) But the fact that he literally says it himself, that it doesn't matter to him how other people feel about him, is one of our core tenets of villainy. That's what we mean when we say villainous. Right. Is on some I don't care what you think shit. Right. And Donkey keeps trying to offer replacements being like, well, what about cake? Cake has layers. What about 
her face. And Shrek is like, I said onions. I said onions had layers. And I said ogres are like onions. Mm-hmm. The end. Mm-hmm. Leave it actually also donkey low-key a people pleaser because he was like i'd be parfait because everybody likes parfaits that's not a good reason (laughs) to decide that you're parfait you know (laughs) not a good reason yeah 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 (laughs) it feels like it feels like almost the two ways you can come out by being perpetually villainized right you can either come out of it just like I super don't care what anyone thinks because I'm so used to getting judged anyways or like a rampant people pleaser. Yeah. Me and somebody were talking about the story of Echo and Narcissus and also Nemesis. All those words come from this one Greek mythology mm-hmm. tale, right? And then how that's used in mental health to this day, right? Like narcissistic personality disorder comes from the story. And then on the other end of that, which most people don't know about, like a lot of people have heard of Narcissus. They don't know about like Echo personality disorder or tendencies, which is how some BPD manifests, right? Where it's like, it's the opposite of narcissism. It's people pleasing, it's inferiority complex. It's literally wanting to make sure this person's good all the time at your own expense. Like, yeah, I think that you touched on that perfectly. The next scene that we're gonna jump into is the dragon slayer. It's so good. <laughs> the queen. Yes, incredibly. So, dragon slayer. Dragon slayer! Yeah, this is what I have down here because I think it's the most important part is that is where Donkey meets Dragon. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. We love a tall femme. Short king. <laughs> ship. Yes. <laughs> love a tall femme, short king. <laughs> also, Donkey meeting Dragon was the birth of my CNC king. <laughs> yeah, I remember you writing that down now. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> but okay, okay. And all seriousness dragon dragon also a vilified character <gasps> yeah the dragon usually gets slain right and they didn't slay her they did not slay the dragon wow yeah they're a little ragtag team of misfits like literally wow <laughs> shrek might be the perfect movie and i say that without exaggeration yeah literally the one qualm that anyone could even say is the short king jokes but like i mean short king yeah <laughs> yeah that's fascinating especially because when we first see dragon i noticed that you don't see her lashes you don't see a whole lot about her right you just see a dragon running through you see this fire they worked really hard to animate and then when she's talking to donkey they didn't slay the dragon they, they- Lay the dragon. <laughs> Credit for that joke to Chalker on TikTok. <laughs> I don't even remember. What I'm saying. We, we don't we don't see her lashes and all that. Oh, we just see a dragon. Yeah. So then when Donkey meets her, she's like, "Hello." <laughs> like it's just so she gets a little moment. It's so cute with her burgundy lashes. Like yeah, fashion queen actually. Like ahead Literally. of the trend. Colored lashes before the girlies knew about it. Now like and the fact that made her so femme and so cute and she's like she's obviously very flirty with Donkey, but she's like trying to set the mood. Like it's not like a violent thing, right? Like an assertive femme. That's exactly how they would do that. Yeah, <laughs> an assertive femme. And will the court note that when he says like to please stop touching me, she does. She did stop. She did. She was she was trying to like play with his mane or something, and he was like, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and she did back off a little bit. We love a femdom. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Also, like I think there's something to say about like that they chose to give her such prototypically feminine features, mm. and also to have Donkey say, "You're a girl dragon." Oh, of 
course you're a girl dragon. <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> I love that line, but it's just, it's hilarious to me because, like, he starts off that way, but it's because literally she was in shadow and then comes into the light. Yeah. And she's like, hello. Yeah. She's such a cutie. Little heart-shaped smoke. And <laughs> shit. will the court know, too? <laughs> she only ran after them because they were invading and she didn't know them. And then Donkey was like, hey, you have really nice teeth. And she's like, oh. And then the only reason she got mad again was because Shrek came in there and she kissed his bare ass. Yeah. So that, then she got mad, which, fair. Yeah. Like, admittedly, she shouldn't have been trying to kiss Donkey that's in that also moment. fair, too. But it feels like th- it's one of those things, but, like, I think that sometimes people forget that, like, writer's motivation matters, mm. right? So, like, the writers did punish her for being True. about to do something weird. You know, it's not like the writers are sitting there being like, unconsensual stuff is good. Like, they punished this character for trying to do that. And you know what? We see that too whenever Shrek goes and finds Fiona. Parallel, this is happening with Donkey. He went to find Fiona. Fiona's pretending to be asleep. He doesn't know this. And traditional fairy tale, when you find a sleeping maid and you're supposed to save, you kiss her, right? Mm-hmm. He shakes her awake, yeah. right? Like, they were very big on, we're not doing no non-consensual shit here. Yeah. And fairy tales are weird for that. Literally just shakes her. Wake up! Wake up! We gotta go! (laughs) And literally also just more realistic because why would you stop to kiss somebody when there's literally a dragon that's gonna kill you? True. So yeah, and also the fact that she kind of going on an inverse journey, she being Fiona, right, where she starts off like very rigid about fairy tale things. And so she goes, you didn't slay the dragon? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they never do. Yeah, they, that's true. They never do. Yeah. He's like, it's on my to-do list. And then they just don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And then Fiona has this whole arc about being afraid to get villainized. Yeah. Which is another recovering people pleaser bit. Yeah. We can jump into that later. Remember, sure. like I said, it's like you can come out one of two ways when you're consistently yeah. villainized. Yeah. Dead ass. Yeah. And literally, it's also giving like a romantic icon, Shrek. Like, oof. Because Fiona says, shouldn't this be a romantic moment? And he just goes, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Love a good aromantic praxis. Because he's like, why would this be romantic? I don't know you. Yeah, I don't know you. I'm covered in soot. I was sweating running up the stairs. Like, huh? Right. Which is interesting too, right? Because later he's like, I'm not actually your Prince Charming. I'm delivering you. Mm -hmm. Right? So she doesn't know who this man is. Doesn't know why he's there. And was just like, oh, this is supposed to be romantic. Like he points out how weird that is actually. What yeah. a beautiful, perfect movie. Also, another thought about how they didn't slay the dragon. Like, what can we say about that? You know, like, he's actually better than the quote-unquote good guys who came before him. Because they're literally passing by their charred skeletons. And Fiona's like, you didn't slay the dragon. And he's like, well, fat a lot of good that did them. Right. And he's actually superior for taking a different approach. True. So they run away. They flee the dragon. A really amazing look scene a well animated scene with lots of fire interesting stuff and then she's not even angry she's like weeping yeah she's really sad when they leave like i think she just wanted her moment with donkey and like get to know him and stuff and that was taken from her so like she wasn't even mad at them like it was i don't know it's it's just really interesting breaking down that entire scene she was just lonely i'm alone (laughs) 
the, all the characters were lonely. Like, that's just mm. it. Like, Fiona was stuck in a tower. Mm. Shrek was self-isolating in a swamp. Mm. Donkey is ostracized because he's a talking fucking donkey that people yeah. find annoying. Yeah. <laughs> they were all lonely people who found each other. Yeah. Yeah. So then Fiona wants Shrek to take his helmet off and give her a kiss. Weird. Mm. Giving romantic escalator. Mm-mm. We don't do those. Mm-hmm. Romantic escalators is the assumption that one thing will lead to another. So in fairy tales, right, the escalator being, oh, you saved me, now we're going to kiss, now we're going to get married, right? Or even in real life, it's like we went on a date, we kissed, we had sex, we're going to be in a relationship, right? Like that assumption that one thing leads to the next. So she helped ride on that escalator. Yeah. Also, his embarrassment and shame, I think, is an example of one of his layers, right? Remember, he said, mm. it's like an onion, I'm like an onion, I've oh, got layers. True. We see the exterior skin at the beginning of the movie this hardened guy who doesn't care whatever doesn't want friends and then we see another layer when he starts warming up to donkey and like he's being an asshole but like in a caring way to help mm-hmm. him across the bridge and like starts <laughs> cracking jokes and stuff yeah oh, do it okay <laughs> so it's like another layer in addition is, is we're like getting deep we see him feeling embarrassment we see him feeling ashamed of what he looks like under his helmet. Yeah. Which is only because he knows what she's hoping and expecting for. Like, without that assumption, it might not have mattered. But because of that standard, that precedent of what a fairy tale looks like and what somebody who saves somebody looks like, it led to shame for, like, no reason. Yeah. And I think that it intertwines in an interesting way with Fiona's story because she's also ashamed. And it seems like in that scene, Fiona, we interpret her reaction to Shrek's face as her thinking like, oh, he's an ogre, I'm so disappointed, I was expecting something else. And that's also how Shrek interprets it, mm-hmm. right? But then we learn about her and her particular situation later on, and like it recontextualizes that scene. She says, this isn't right, but she doesn't say it because Shrek isn't right, like because she's just upset that he's an ogre. She's confused because she has this idea of how the spell is going to get broken and so that's where she was coming from and it's like consistent with the theme of them misunderstanding each other because they fail to communicate right which is something that happens quite a bit in the movie yeah and we've established already that fiona's character arc is kind of inverse to shrek's Mm. like she is embracing being more crude and villainous and she does that through like lots of things throughout the movie you know she starts like passing gas with him (laughs) um makes a bird explode right beats up some goons true yeah so she and so they wind up camping together right right yeah so shrek and Donkey and Fiona are all camping because they're trying to deliver her to do And then Donkey and Shrek are at some point like looking at the stars. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Shrek is like explaining constellations and stuff like that. And Donkey goes, it's just a bunch of little dots. And Shrek says, sometimes things are more than they appear. They really hit the nail on the head. They really did. Yeah. And I'm pretty, isn't Fiona peeking out at that moment or something? I think like, so. Yeah. And she sees that he can be sweet that's another layer he's just being so sweet and genuine and gentle with donkey in that moment like he can do it i just want to get matching tattoos of an onion that says onions have layers (laughs) (laughs) what a tattoo to get (laughs) no but yeah so donkey and shrek actually continue to talk 
past the stargazing mm-hmm. conversation. Right, yeah, and Donkey winds up eventually just saying, who are you trying to keep out? And Shrek just says, everyone. And then at some point he he elaborates saying, everyone takes one look at me and goes, oh no, look, a big, stupid, ugly ogre. They judge me before they even know me. Which isn't what somebody angry says. He's clearly sad about that. It's not like he's got a vendetta. Like he's like, I want to kill anybody who comes to my swamp. He's just, they all think I'm ugly and stupid and I don't want it. Yeah. He's just a big baby. And it's not even really true that all he wants is to be alone. He just has learned that alone is better than the company that he's seen before. Which, another villainy lesson. Yeah, sometimes alone is better. Mm -hmm. Sometimes alone feels better. Yeah. And, like, also that trying to keep people out piece, it gets me in the feels, you know? (laughs) Because you have to try to not harden yourself. Like, it is very effortful to stay this soft. Very much so. Yeah. And Shrek is learning that it's okay to be softer sometimes. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And also the contrast, because remember in the beginning, I said that it felt like at the beginning of the movie, he's reveling in it, Mm -hmm. right? But that's clearly just a coping mechanism because he directly talks about that he doesn't like this circumstance yeah absolutely straight up just dissociating just like coping through it like yeah threatening an angry mob because i'm dissociating you know Okay, yes. And then the scene happens with the mirror and the innuendo. And And mama bear. And mama bear. And then, the next morning, Mm -hmm. do you want to talk a little bit about what Fiona gets up to? Oh, the next morning, she goes out and she sings a little bit. And just the sheer power of her voice alone explodes a bird. (laughs) Bird exploded. It's a wrap. She gone. But then she takes the eggs and she's like, I'm going to apologize for last night. She's like, hey, I was acting a little out of my lane. I apologize. It won't happen to you. And so that's great. And they're like figuring out their stuff and they're walking. And Fiona says something that Shrek is really impressed by. When she walks off and then all of a sudden she's swept up by this mysterious man swinging through the trees. Oh yes, Robin Hood. Yeah. So yeah, Robin Hood tries to nab her real quick. And what we think we're about to get is a damsel in distress situation. Mm -hmm. This is not what happens. No. And he also assumes it's a damsel in distress situation. He assumed that the ogre had kidnapped her and that she was too unable to protect herself and that she was there Mm non-consensually. Which, you know, at first, yes, she's kicking and screaming while he's carrying her. But then at this point, they've apologized. They're all on the same goal, the same wavelength. But yeah, he makes a lot of assumptions just based on the way Shrek looks about what the situation is. Yeah. And the whole like spinning of vilification where it's literally a hero, right? Like a fairy tale hero. It's literally Robin Hood, take from the poor and give to the needy. But they've changed it so that he takes a percentage. Like they make him villainous. Like these writers were clearly anti landlords. They were anti capitalism. <laughs> like, they did so much to communicate that the good guys. Mm-hmm quote-unquote, look all different ways. Yeah. Right? So, there's that. Fiona beats up the goons. Easily. and breast. Oh, yeah. Easy. It's like fixing her hair while in the middle of the air double-kicking two goons. Like Yeah, double side kick. Just <laughs> <laughs> the slow-motion animation also in that scene is great. But, yeah, she beats up the goons. Shrek's impressed. Also, I want to talk about how this was, in a way, like, gender non-conforming for Fiona. Mm-hmm. 
for her to have those skills. True. Right? And so it's just not very princessy to be all tussling, you know? <laughs> and I feel like that's a villainous trait. Like, we hear so often that princesses are, like, pacifists. Like, that's mm. how they read in stories, and she is not. Pacifist, passive, like, mm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that whole scene, she just takes charge from the fighting to the healing to all of it. Like, she clearly has a lot of knowledge and knows what she's doing. Like, yeah. she literally says, when one lives alone, one learns a few things. Right. Relatable. Right. <laughs> so then they are approaching Duloc. They could just get there, but instead they pretend that Donkey is sick or something. That's right. I forgot about that. (laughs) They pretend he's sick for an excuse to camp there one more night. And Shrek and Donkey talk about Shrek's feelings about Fiona inadvertently. He goes, even if I did tell her, and I'm not saying I do, because I don't, (laughs) she's a princess and I'm, and Donkey fills it in with an ogre. The fact that he can't bring himself to even say it himself, that's so sad. And it really really hits like I keep bringing up this racial allegory thing but it almost feels like a slur yeah hard R like yeah ogre yeah and especially since it does come up again like the way that people say ogre and the way that people call him an ogre feels like charged with hate right yeah so donkey helps Shrek out and there's also that is that that's also a thing where donkey is showing like his complexity Mm. because he is the emotional like facilitator of these conversations like that is very very emotionally intelligent of Donkey. Yeah. It's very perceptive of Donkey. True. Yeah, and they literally like play it like he's not smart, but he's smart in ways that are important. Right. In ways that get devalued because they're considered feminine traits, actually. Exactly. Yeah. And then Donkey goes and works through Fiona's feelings with her also, but runs into her in ogre form. Da-na-na-na. Da-na. <laughs> Firstly, ogre Fiona a baddie just the baddest bitch there ever was honestly (laughs) beautiful honestly (laughs) and so donkey is huh like you know confused and also at first thinks that ogre fiona must have eaten fiona or something so they clear that up and fiona winds up reading the spell that was cast on her Mm. in explaining what is happening there so i'm gonna read that real quick by night one way by day another this shall be the norm until you find true love's first kiss and take love's true form so i think we should do a close reading of this little poem (laughs) yes do you have any thoughts about the beginning i think the first like line by night one way by day another oh that hits the BPD and me real hard. <laughs> but like, just the fact that we've talked about Fiona being on this arc of becoming comfortable with the idea of being villainized if people knew her secret, that she's over half the time. It feels a lot like that. Which is why I was singing a little too hard during the musical last night. <laughs> when she was saying, last night I was a monster but this morning I'm okay. Like that just hits me so hard. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later with the musical, but like, that song just hits because yeah. of stuff like that. Honestly, I'm realizing probably this episode will have to just be Shrek otherwise it'll be very that's long. fair and we'll probably in a part two need to talk about the <laughs> musical month long Shrek <laughs> just as we cover month long Shrek it. series <laughs> no but yeah and also like I think that you are probably more familiar with the musical than I am and so like you'll have probably a lot more to add to my notes than that's for fair. Shrek but yeah I'm sure that we'll touch on that Okay, yes, close reading. So, by night one way, by day another, this shall be the norm until you find true love's first kiss. 
So on a surface level, right, literally just communicating that you're going to transform at some point during the day until you find your true love's first kiss. What is that supposed to mean? Right. And I think it also, it had her fucked up, right? Because she's like, oh, my true love is this person who sent somebody on his behalf to come rescue me, I guess. Like, I wanted to be king. And then because of this assumed escalator, she missed all the signs. I mean, I'm aromantic, right? So I'm still like, okay, this aloromantic bit ain't hitting the same as that first bit for me. But like, she really almost messed up and would have kissed him and then it wouldn't have done anything. And then she still would have been in the position she ended up in, right? Like where he finds out she's an ogre because it wouldn't have been true love because there is no basis for that relationship. So just people's rigid assumptions of what romance looks like and who's eligible for that would be having fucked up. Yeah. And there's the last bit, love's true form. It seems like this spell gave itself some wiggle room. Yeah, sure did. I feel like this spell leaves open the possibility that her true love could have been a variety of people. Right? So it's not subscribing to the idea of a soulmate. Right. Which I think fairy tales normally do. True that. And we know how it ends, right? True love's form is not her human form the way that she's expecting it to be. But maybe if she was with a human, it would have been. We, we actually just don't know. And I think that it's really interesting that her love's true form is a form that the person who she's like engaging in this love with is going to accept. Yeah, you know, it's interesting too because take love's true form. So does that mean who she loves true form or the fact that anybody who truly loves her is going to have to accept all of her, right? So could there be a way where she fell in love with somebody they only knew her as human Fiona and it still wouldn't have worked because they couldn't truly love her unless they really knew her, right? So then it would have to take them knowing about it, right? And then they do the kiss and then love's true form is her being in her ogre self because they've learned to accept that she's learned to accept that and that's the true form right like I, it's really interesting to think about like all the ways that could be interpreted yeah just a fascinating little poem and like a little spell like yeah they went off on that <laughs> so yeah then after reading that poem, Taki's like, oh, what a, what a nice poem. I didn't know you wrote poetry. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it's a curse. <laughs> and then says, you know, like she's lamenting about how she looks and she just says, this is not how a princess is meant to look. But according to who? But according to who? And the poem doesn't even say that. Yeah. And the assumption that the poem is like, oh, kiss a human, you'll be a human. When it doesn't say that at all, anywhere. Right? So just how romantic ideologies will set us up for expectations that are not a reality. Mm. And uh, that's the core of aromantic praxis. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) Also on the uglification, I just feel like this is so direct. We are like kind of just submerged in this culture that tells us how we're meant to look in a subconscious way. But when you really sit down and like you think like, oh, this isn't how a femme is meant to look. Yeah. It's like nobody told us that, but we got that messaging right yeah it's desirability politics Mm -hmm. like who's allowed to get love who's allowed to give those chances who's allowed to get that humanity to like be seen and heard and loved in their full capacity it's all based on who gets uglified who's seen as beautiful and who's seen as worthy because of those qualities yeah it runs deep yeah there's also this piece of advice that i feel like i've heard often or that i try to apply as best i can is that i don't let people whose advice i wouldn't take hurt my feelings Ooh, 
like bitch. Like if, <laughs> if I wouldn't take your advice in the first place, then I'm not gonna be impacted by anything you have to say because it's worthless to me. Mm-hmm. Your you criticisms know. don't mean much if I wouldn't take your advice. Exactly. And so when you think about like who is putting out this messaging that this is how you're meant to look, mm-hmm. it's like they're not people whose opinions I'd care about anyways. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I just think that that's also important to think about because she's saying this is not how a princess is meant to look. But who are the people telling her that? Who hurt you, girl? Like... <laughs> So yeah, then Shrek overhears and misunderstands. Oh, it's the worst part. Yeah. And it's such an incredible use of dramatic irony, which isn't talked about enough. Where Mm -hmm. the audience knows something that the character doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. And also the fact, this is the point that made me realize that Shrek, the writers knew exactly what they're doing. At no point are the stakes manufactured. There's like no plot holes. Because it's just, it's very natural dialogue. Like nothing she says is like so awkward or out of the ordinary that it wouldn't make sense if he just heard that snippet, right? He came up and heard the conversation at an inopportune moment. <laughs> yeah, he thinks that they're talking shit about him being an ogre, but she's literally talking about herself. Yeah. And it's that again that like low self-esteem serves no one, right? True. It's not serving you and it's not serving your community either. It goes back to that like she was trying to address a situation with her directly and through in- inconvenient means, right? He took that personally. He couldn't know better in the moment, right? But because he had all his trauma, instead of asking like, hey, did I actually hear everything last night? Did I misunderstand something? He made it about him, right? Which is something we've talked about with community Mm -hmm. care. Like if somebody's been harmed and people need to step up and help with that, but they're hurt indirectly by what's happening and they can't focus on them, right? And it puts them back in survival mode. It puts them back in the defensive. Then that's how misunderstandings happen. That's how we don't get to heal. Like you really have to heal that shit so that way you can be fully present in those situations and make sure you're asking all the right questions and centering the right person and not putting yourself in the center of it. Yeah, it's really important. So she doesn't know that he's had that misunderstanding. Yeah. Is oblivious, tries to talk to him in the morning. He blows her off. Yeah. Because she asked, oh, you heard what I said last night. He's like, every word. So she assumes that his callousness is because he now knows her secret. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, I thought you would... I thought you'd understand. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, I understood perfectly clear. And she takes that personally. (laughs) And nobody thought to ask, what exactly did you hear? Like, (laughs) please communicate. (laughs) I'm begging. So yeah, since he's upset, again, BPD confirmed. Oh, buddy. He impulsively just, I guess, summoned Farquaad to where they are instead of even waiting to deliver her. Yep. So Farquaad and Fiona meet. And Fiona lets him know that like oh I was saying goodbye or whatever and Farquaad literally says you don't have to waste good manners on the ogre it's not like it has feelings and she's like you're right it doesn't and it's just like oh yeah oh that that's chilly like just ow oh then he proposes mm-hmm. she says yes for some reason <laughs> and as she's going she goes farewell ogre hard r <laughs> hard r ogre <laughs> literally and so at that point trek leaves donkey tries to follow and trek snaps at him 
Oh yeah, because he assumes that Donkey is enabling or conspiring with her about all these feelings, right? Yeah. So Shrek snaps at Donkey. BPD confirmed. Donkey literally is like, I want to come with you. Mm-hmm. And Shrek says, you're not coming home with me. I live alone. My swamp. Nobody else. Nobody. Especially useless, pathetic, annoying, talking donkey. That was so mean. Just throwing out a whole bunch of words. That is also just blatantly not true. Like, useless? Like, he helped you this whole journey. Like, huh? (laughs) Someone had their abandonment trauma triggered and is splitting on everything in sight. Right. Yeah. And so at that point, we hear hallelujah. Yes. And hallelujah is just... It's been so interesting as I become an adult and started hearing the lyrics of that song. And like, my mom wouldn't let me listen to it by itself when I was a kid. She's like, no, 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 there's other verses you don't need to be hearing. But then as an adult, like, just learning more about the song and being like, huh. And then learning that Shrek's so intentional with the music they put in there, and you're like, why did that song go there? Mm-hmm. It conveyed everything it needed to in that moment. Remember how I mentioned they were all lonely, right? We talked about how they're all yeah. lonely. They're all lonely again. Oh. Yeah, they're all lonely again. Shrek is alone in his swamp. He's having dinner. He's all sad. Fiona's preparing to get married and she does not even want to. Yeah, right? she like looks visibly upset. Like, mm-hmm. I guess the only situation that's an exception is that Donkey is like getting to know Dragon. But the thing is that Donkey is like the only character that wasn't involved in that misunderstanding. Yeah. So it's like that. And also he's not necessarily like not lonely because he's getting to know dragon he literally comes back to the swamp yeah yeah it's like they're lonely together yeah but yeah and just think about the lyrics like literally one of the lines is love is not a victory march it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah right like that right there is worth having the song and that scene alone it's that all of their love for each other eventually stems from the fact that they were lonely at one point and had to learn how to live with each other learn to like process trauma and navigate that together right and that it's not something that you show off and have a big wedding in one day to celebrate right with somebody you just met that's not what love is it's something that's very hard earned yeah. that comes from a lot of shit that you figure out <laughs> exactly love and friendship are hard earned very much so so yeah donkey comes back to the swamp mm-hmm. and he's dividing it up. Shrek's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and Donkey's like, what's it look like I'm doing? I'm building the wall. <laughs> and it's great because he is coming into his villain era. They argue, right? He says, I helped rescue the princess. I did half the work. I get half the booty. He said, let's check the facts. Mm-hmm. We love checking the facts. <laughs> you know, they have they have their little tiff. He's like, you're, you're a stubborn jackass. Donkey's like, you're a smelly ogre. Oh, you know, they have their moment. And finally, Shrek tries to just walk off. He tries to evade like he normally does. Right, right. And Donkey says, where are you going? I'm not through with you. Shrek responds, well, I'm through with you. And then Donkey, ooh, he has this moment. He said, you know, with you, it's always me, me, me. Well, guess what? Now it's my turn. So just shut up and pay attention. You are mean to me. You insult me. And you don't appreciate anything that I do speak on it you're always pushing me around or pushing me away Ooh, that's so iconic like the moment that donkey says that i feel like i am possessed by his <laughs> spirits in that moment you know and, and, and donkey's what like what would donkey do that's my next tattoo actually D. yes yes i'm gonna have a whole sleeve of onions have layers what would donkey do 
oh my gosh. But Shrek's like, you're popping off, you know, why did you come back? And Donkey says, because that's what friends do. Then he says they forgive each other, which I a little bit have qualms with. A little bit, though. Oh, a little. I think when it comes to, like, abuse, I think that gets tricky. Yeah. Like, we've talked about this, right? Like, you don't owe forgiveness when it comes to abuse. You deserve to take care of you first, right? And I think what we're supposed to believe is Donkey is so emotionally, like, savvy and resilient enough to know his needs and get his needs met and then come back and, like, try again. Exactly. I think that's the only way that works. I think if Donkey was any weaker in his boundaries or any weaker in his emotional ability to navigate his own shit, that wouldn't be possible, right? So that's what I'm hoping, at least, is that we've seen Donkey's, like, ability to navigate heavy emotional situations, and he's able to do that for himself, and then offer from his excess to Shrek, I'm forgiving you because I'm able to at this point. Exactly. And I think that, like, in the same way that the freedom of no means I can believe yes, the freedom not to forgive means that if you say you forgive me, I know you mean that shit. Right. I know this is water under the bridge to you. Because if I say I forgive someone, that's heavy. That means, like, what whatever happened like it really is cool to me now I'm not gonna claim I forgive you if that's not the case yeah so I think like also that friendships based in radical honesty which theirs is you know that's they true literally, they that. yeah they literally show that means that when Donkey says that he forgives Shrek it's meaningful and we can believe that he means it that's true he's never once said something he hasn't shown back up on like yeah. consistently yeah then Dragon picks them all up or <laughs> <laughs> his hot new ride you know comes through <laughs> and we see that donkey's clearly warmed up to her right yeah it's really come full circle and then they all fly to Duloc because they're supposedly gonna go crash this wedding right and as dragon is leaving donkey says go ahead and have fun if i need you i'll whistle <laughs> And I feel like the way that Donkey is actively encouraging and supporting her villainy yeah. <laughs> is really beautiful. Like, I love that. You go intimidate the town. You have fun. <laughs> I'll be here, babe. Like That's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Yeah, I love it. Ooh, we're in the home stretch now. So Shrek crashes this wedding. Storms in, he's like, I object, blah blah blah. A lady in the front row is fainting. She yeah. <laughs> people are upset. They talk and Shrek is trying to explain that he is in love with Fiona. He doesn't oh. get to finish and Farquaad starts laughing, you know, interrupting yeah. him and is like, oh, the ogre has fallen in love with the princess and then cues a cue card to make the audience laugh. Which is funny. <laughs> and right, like, I think we, we see that we're like, oh, cue cards, that's funny. But it's like, that's literally how stereotypes and that shit, it's literally social cues. We laugh at this, right? Like, this is something to make fun of laugh like that's exactly how the pressure of stereotypical jokes enforce uglification and oppression and vilification on top of it like it's the base for all of that to start brewing exactly and they have their kiss you know and the people are surprised and even more surprised when she literally transforms into an ogre in front of everyone and they're like oh (laughs) oh oh and Shrek's like oh yeah (laughs) and we have you know a little fighting scene situation donkey and dragon save Mm. the day they come crashing crashing through the church donkey yells you know I'm a donkey on the edge (laughs) (laughs) and then when Fiona transforms and stays at Ogre she says I don't understand Mm. I'm supposed to be beautiful and I think we can guess what Shrek 
responds. He says, you are beautiful. Yeah. And that's Shrek. And that's Shrek. It's just so good. I can't wait to talk about the musical, too, because I think the musical really spells out what that scene does and what it means. Yeah. There's some really good lines from it, even though the rest of the musical is kind of a mess. But <laughs> Can you give a little preview to what their palettes so that they're excited for us to talk about Shrek the Musical? Yeah, there's a line in Shrek the Musical. Something along the lines of not everything that's beautiful is pretty, right? And I think that goes back kind of to what we were saying about the Hallelujah line. Like, love is not a victory march. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah right and so in that same theme like not everything beautiful is perceived as pretty right or is perceived as polished or easy or whatever word you want to replace that with a lot of things worth enjoying and loving and appreciating are messy are complicated are work are raw right so i just love that idea of like not everything that's beautiful is pretty and just really separating those two ideas right that we don't have to uglify things that aren't necessarily pleasing yeah like we can get rid of that binary actually <laughs> yeah also speaking of someone in chat knew the quote thank you jamie brooke barnes they're apparently really into the musical once upon a time to look like us would be a pity but now we know beauty isn't always pretty yeah <laughs> we love a fellow shrek stan in the chat and i think to jump off of that right love is one of those things like literally earlier today we we kikied about how you know to us love is more than feelings Mm-hmm. It's action. And that's like actually a romantic praxis, you know? Like, love is more than just, I feel like I love you. What's love got to do with it? What? What's love got to do with <laughs> it? Literally nothing. You saying you feel this way actually does nothing for me if you don't have actions to back it up. And the thing is that love and showing someone that you love them is not easy. It's also hard earned. And this is not to say that like your relationships should be full of conflict and strife. That's no, 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 no. But I choose every day to love my partners, right? I make decisions to show them that I love them as often as I can. And that is me loving them. It's more than that I feel love for them because what does that do for you? And it's like, it's not, it's not conflict and it's not messy in a way that hurts, right? But it's effort to be intentional. It's effort to be like, okay, what do I need to make sure I'm not spilling trauma that's overflowing from my own being? How do I make sure I'm not hurting people who haven't hurt me, right? Like, that my villainy is being appropriated accordingly. And that in those moments I can be soft or I have the spaces to be soft, I can choose that if that so serves me or that I can show that to people that I care about. That's effort to be so in tune with yourself. And then also people will talk about the golden rule where it's like treat others as you'd like to be treated. But there's like a platinum rule or something with like treat people how they like to be treated. Yeah. Right. And it's like learning their love languages, learning like what feels good for them. What's a love that they can receive, not just a love that you're able to provide that might not land with them. Right. That takes a lot of work to communicate all that, to remember it, to enact on it, to have the intention and everything you need to execute it. Yeah. And love, like I really do think that that is a thing that Shrek has to say is love is one of those things that is beautiful but not always pretty yeah yeah i think it's a great note to end on honestly that was damn fire but yeah. <laughs> wow 
thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. We promise we're going to get to Shrek the Musical. We will. We had a lot to say about Shrek. Didn't realize how much we were going to have to say about Shrek. And I want you all to know, this episode's so beautiful. There are so many things to unpack in such a beautiful, excellent way. And I need you to prepare yourselves for Shrek the Musical not being like that. It will be the foil to this one. Yeah. As I learned, unfortunately. I was very hurt re-watching it and be like, oh, there are a lot of incredible things in that musical that are worth teasing out and like holding on to but don't just go and watch it there's major trigger warnings for it honestly there's a lot of unnecessary shit in that musical that we will definitely be discussing yeah so (laughs) yeah literally stay tuned for that next week yeah yeah We have a website! Yes, we have a website. We had one last episode, but this time the link is less messy. It's very cute, and now it's a lot more accessible to reach. <laughs> it's a lot easier to remember. It's bit.ly slash coming out evil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have other socials yet, but we will get, we'll some get there eventually. Yeah, For know. now, go to our website. We're also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean, and also Samsung, Samsung? Samsung yeah. Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we're working on google podcasts but they are tricky so yeah go to our website we didn't have as many sources in this episode because our source was that we watched (laughs) the movie yeah so if i can think of any sources as always the sources will be on our website under the sources tab if you want to check it out hell yeah yeah trexcellent (laughs) that's enough (laughs) i'm good i've had a tattoo that's enough music by audionautics.com